So it's uh, the holiday season nearing an end. New Year's is around the corner. We just had Christmas. Uh, shout out to the red and black plaid that apparently everyone wore. I don't know if it's like a sale at Old Navy or something, but I guess everybody was like, eh, let's wear this today. I mean, everybody. Like, I, my timeline was pretty, pretty much just full of red and black plaid. Um, I feel like I need to get some. You know, I like I didn't get the memo to wear red and black plaid for Christmas Day for the, the pictures and everything, you know. But uh, I had a good Christmas, and I hope everyone else did too. If you don't celebrate Christmas, you celebrate something else. I hope that went great for you. You know, um... It's a time of the year where people reflect on things and kind of look back on stuff. But I wanted to talk about um, a few issues. Uh, but before I get into that, I like to thank my sponsor, me, Joshua Self. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under Magus of the M. If you like what you hear, uh, give me a follow, subscribe, share, a like, leave a comment. iTunes review helps the show to get discovered. So I really didn't want to talk about this. But I would be remiss to overlook it. You know, it's a really big deal. Something major that happened recently. Um, A lot of you probably saw the Amber Alert for uh, Carol Sanchez um, up in New York. A young black woman who was uh, allegedly kidnapped. Like, there was some video of her being abducted and almost... Immediately, once the the video was released, there was, you know, this pouring out of support and people like, hey, where is she? Like, we've seen this video, like, of this girl being kidnapped. Um, You know, get the authorities on it. And given the current climate of black women, um, younger, you know, black women being abducted, never to be seen or heard from again, you know, there's upwards of 60,000 women who have been abducted in the past year or so and people have no idea what's going on like where are these women what's happening to them so what seems like a breakthrough you know one of these people that's been abducting uh these young women has made a mistake and been caught on camera here we go, ready to pull a kick door, you know, uh, save the day. And then it turns out when the police do show up that she staged it and, you know, she fabricated this entire incident. Um, apparently, you know, her 23-year-old boyfriend uh, was part of this fabrication of a, a kidnapping for what appears to be relatively obvious reasons. And I think what saddens me about the situation is she didn't know better and, and she should have known better. Like we've already read the the boy who cried wolf and you know, he cried wolf and people came to help him and there was nothing wrong. He's like, hey, just kidding. And then he cried wolf again and people came to help him and he's like, just kidding. You know, and then when a wolf really does show up, no one believes him. And, you know, the wolf does what it's supposed to do. And now he's in a fucked up situation. And it's, it's unfortunate when you have uh, people who do this type of thing, because the, like the world is um, 
aching. You know, people are, are hurting because of all these people who have been kidnapped and we have no idea where they are, what's going on with them. And then for someone to pretend to be kidnapped, it's, it's a terrible situation. And it's not like she's the first to pretend to be kidnapped, you know, and she won't be the last. It's just that because of the way things are right now, this is especially egregious, you know. We recently had the uh, Jesse Smollett uh, incidents where he claimed to have been attacked and all this. And then the evidence points to it being fake and it being staged and all that. And there's enough bad things happening in the world today. We don't need to make some more up. You know, the world is harsh enough. The world is violent enough. The world is cruel. We don't need to create, you know, things that are bad. Like, there's, there's plenty of bad shit out there. You don't have to go looking for it. It'll come to your front door. And this young lady felt inspired to, you know, fabricate a tragedy. So I, I do feel like, given her age and her circumstances, um, I can see some of the responses being a bit of an over uh, exaggeration. But the, the problem is just that because of the way we are right now, you just can't fake this kind of a thing. So, it, you know, she had been uh, 16 years old, you know, 10 years ago, like whatever, like no one fucking cares. But because of where we are right now, it's, it's a big deal. And um, she should have known better. And it's unfortunate that she didn't know better and she felt like this was a good idea. Um, and another reason to me why young people should not be dating people that are so much older than them, you know, because I doubt that this was her idea. I'm sure that she got this idea from her much older boyfriend um, that she really should not be fucking around with at all, but... What are you going to do? You know, kids are going to do dumb shit. And when they're unattended, they're liable to get into things that are detrimental to their health. And, you know, the way economics works, sometimes it's not able to be the parent that you ought to be. You know, whether you have to go to work or, um, you know, if you're like a single parent, especially, you just might not be around enough to monitor your child, which... There are several things that failed before it got to this point, and so is uh, I'm not going to get into each and every single one of them, but it's, it's a, a, a situation that really saddens me um, because we, we have this serious issue, and then, um, you know, someone doing something as a joke or whatever, it's just... It's too much, you know. I hate it, like this cry for attention, or whatever. Like there are easier, less damaging ways to get people's attention, you know. So it, I really didn't want to talk about it, but it is important, and I would be remiss to not address the issue. Like I, I hate the situation. Um, whatever punishment she gets, uh, she deserves it. I mean, I'd also get too much given that she's a minor, but. You know, community service or whatever, you know, she needs something so she can kind of rethink her position on how she wants to approach things going forward. And just a little while ago, Remelia uh, passed away.
Like those of you who don't know her, uh, she was the first woman to uh, play in the League of Legends Championship Series. And she was a, a trans woman. Um, apparently she died in her sleep. The cause is currently unknown. And, you know, this person passed away at 24. You know, 24 is too early for anyone. And I I hate to hear this kind of a story. You know, she was a, a fixture for a long time in the League of Legends community. And she was a popular streamer. And, you know, she dealt with a lot, a lot of uh, hate from people, a, a lot of uh, name calling, online bullying, a lot of misgendering and so much like negativity coming her way because, uh, you know, she was trans. And I feel like that's fucked up. Like, regardless of anyone's personal beliefs or however they feel about anything, no one should attack somebody like this, you know? Um, even in death, she's still getting misgendered and everything. And uh, I, I hate to see that. You know, I, I hate for someone to be doing their best to provide content for the world to enjoy and be attacked just because of, you know, some of their own personal choices. It, it's terrible, you know. Um, you know, she struggled with mental illness and, um, you know, she came out and was kind of like, hey, like, I'm, I'm having a hard time. And people just continue to attack her, you know, and it, it it's tough for people who are in the spotlight. We have in the past, you know, 10, 15 years, like this huge crop of people who have come up to provide us with, you know, forms of entertainment through streaming. And they're not quite like regular celebrities that we're used to, you know, they're not, you know, Beyonce's or. Uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez or um, Leonardo DiCaprio or anything like that, you know, people who uh, live their life a bit more sheltered from the general public. And these are people who, because of their profession, they're in the midst of the general public, really. Now, even though they're behind, you know, a computer screen, they're still trying to, you know, interact with their, their comment section, or interact with their uh, Twitch chat and whatnot. And people are really aggressive towards them sometimes, you know, um, and unfairly so. Like, for a person to want to just play whatever particular game and, you know, provide some some humor, some insight into that game and, and give it to the world, for the world to enjoy, they, they should not be ridiculed for that. They should not be ridiculed for how they want to present themselves. Just because we have the ability to interact directly with someone who is in like a, a semi-celebrity status doesn't really give us free reign to treat them how we would like to treat them. You know, that's the, the issue is that people feel like because they can reach them, whereas we can't really reach um, the average celebrity. Like we can't really get in touch with a football player at whim. We can't really get in touch with you know the president or you know any famous actress or anything like that but these streamers we can connect to them we can get in touch with them um and people take that and run a while you know just 
uh, doing all sorts of atrocious things. And while it is the comment section, you know, it is Twitch chat. Um, no one is a hundred percent immune to what other people think about them. Like we, you know, develop things. We can cope with stuff. We, uh, thicken our skin and, you know, go our way to avoid certain things, but no one is completely immune to the comments of others. And we, as a society, we need to do better about, um, treating other people with respect and, you know, interacting with people in a way that, uh, is becoming, you know, in a way that can improve our society as a whole. I have the pleasure of bringing back, uh, the electric animals. Um, so I want to talk to them, see how they're doing, how they've progressed since the last time we spoke. So I want to start with, uh, you guys introducing yourselves, um, like what instrument you play or whatever your position is in the bands. Uh, I'll start with you, Rory. Uh, okay. Hi again. Um, I'm Rory, uh, lead singer, uh, guitar. Uh, hey, I'm James, and I play drums. And I'm Andrew, and I play electric guitar, lead guitar. Yeah, you do. All right, all right. He plays so, the hell out of that lead guitar. <laughs> um, so I spoke with you guys last. Um, you had you know, started recording and whatnot. Um, how do you feel now that you guys have been working together as a band for a while? Like, you guys have... Uh, done some more songs. Um, recently had like a performance. Um, how do you, how are you guys feeling about your band right now? Well, I'd say just confidence. I, I think we've got a lot going for us right now, and a lot that, that that just feels like it's starting to click and starting to just come naturally. And yeah, it's just it's a good spot to be in. I feel okay. That's kind of where I was too. I mean, it, when we, you know, started out the year, we kind of didn't really see what we didn't know what type of journey we were going on, and you know, didn't didn't really know what we were getting into. And then once we got into it, uh, we noticed that oh shit, we got some really good material here and, uh, and stuff like that. And uh, so yeah, it's just been a fucking crazy ride since. Feel pretty confident about everything now. Good, good. Um. So what kind of prep have you done? Like you guys have a like a show coming up, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, January tenth, we're playing Growlers, and um, yeah, we're excited about that because this was uh, our, our show that we just played. We felt was kind of a tune-up to to really come out and show everybody what we can do there. So pretty excited about that coming up. All right, uh, January 10th, you guys heard it at Growlers. Fuck yeah. That's right. Um, come check out the Electric Animals. So tell me about your, your first uh, performance. So like, how did it feel to get out in front of other people? Oh. Man, that was uh, fucking bizarre <laughs> to be back out there again. Yeah. But uh, we had a good time, and everybody was like, they seemed to be quite receptive of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a bassist finally. 
that would that helped out tremendously. <laughs> that always helps. <laughs> I mean, it improved the quality of the sound by you know tenfold, and uh, and so you know, here we are. Um, are you guys excited about it? Are you nervous? Anxious? I'm ready for it. Yes. Yeah. Ready. Yeah. All the above. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely everything. excited. Definitely yeah. excited. Um, so mean, how many um, like songs have you guys managed to put together? Uh, do you have like a full <laughs> album yet? No, we keep we keep uh, axing our, our old songs, so <laughs> we never accrue that many. Uh, mm. But we got a, about a half a dozen originals and uh, a, a few covers we're working on as well. And once we play the show, we're going to try to get back on the songwriting bandwagon and see where that takes us. Literally on the songwriting bandwagon. Just um, right there. So like, what uh, influences your, your songwriting? Is it just like real life experiences? Um, are you inspired by other artists? Like, how does that work? Yes, I guess all of those uh, uh, real life experiences probably play a huge factor into that. Uh, you know, it really just kind of develops the message organically. You know, I haven't really sat down and gone like, I want to write a song about this. And, uh, and it, so it's been, it's been very fluid, but I guess I take a lot of influences from these guys and um, that helps me play better. But as far as like other bands, I draw a lot of my influence from the Beatles and System of a Down, uh, Queen's Stone Age. I do love me some System of a Down. Everybody's glaring at me, but I fucking love me some System of a Down. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where my shit comes from. I don't I can't speak on behalf of everybody else, but... Oh. Well, I think what's interesting with what we're doing now songwriting is that we're we're keeping each other in mind when we're writing stuff, and that's helping. So instead of just trying to write a song to sound like somebody or, or to have an, uh, a certain genre that we're just trying to write to each other's abilities and, and write to what uh, a song could be rather than trying to formulate something to sound a certain way, craft it, it's more of a collaboration yeah. at this point than it ever has been. Okay, yeah. I think with every song. You know, it's like having everybody like perform the way like perform their job and it helps develop the song really organically right right and in a very pretty way have you guys had um like any clashes like i don't want to i don't want this this um like i don't want to do this or um i need to get this done but i don't necessarily want to do it um have you had like any like conflict um as a band or whatever not necessarily over a song specifically, but any of the other things that go into forming a band like this, like the time that we want to practice or what venue do we want to practice in or whatever? Um, since the, the past year, we've been pretty close and pretty tight and everything's kind of worked out. Um, I can't really think of a particular instance. No. But. I mean, the key thing is that we, we, we the communication has been incredibly effective. I mean, it's, you're, it's a relationship. And you gotta put the same amount of work into it as a fucking relationship that you have at home. You know, it's right. You gotta be communicative and everything, and open and honest. And if shit doesn't work, even in the even, even if in, in a song, if something's not working, you know, it's not working. You can't take it personal. It's just you know, it's just like a relationship. Okay. Okay. Um. This is uh, so our marriage is going great. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We don't have any juicy <laughs> stories yet. <laughs> nothing. Nothing to write home. Mm, okay. Um, I do love this team. Well, this is a uh, this is exciting. Like I'm looking forward to the show. Uh, what day of the week is the tenth? Is that a Friday? It's a Friday. Yeah, it's a Friday. Friday, January tenth. Growlers uh, doors at six. It's an all ages show. I just found that out. So uh, if you want, if you really want to bring your kids, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what um? What's the show called, Rory? Refreshingly, refreshingly catchy. Yeah, refreshingly catchy. 
What time do you guys uh, uh, performing? Around seven. Okay. Seven okay. thirty, I think. All right. But uh, we'll have more information posted on our uh, Facebook page about that and, and Instagram and all that good shit. Right, right. The closer we get to it, so then you just go look there. Um, do you guys It'll have a, a than uh, me trying to sit here and tell you lies? Instagram for your band? Yeah, we do. It's uh, at Electric Animals Official. Okay. So as we go into 2020, I want to encourage everyone to please, for the love of all that is holy, look at the date before you post your article on your Facebook or your Twitter feed. We don't need to see stuff from four or five, six years ago thinking that this is a recent development. Like, I don't have time to be fat checking all of these bold new claims when they're actually shit from four or five, six years ago. We don't need that type of negativity going into our lives in 2020. So y'all have a happy new year and I'll see you next decade. Cue the music.